Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening as we have this great opportunity to come before your presence and study at your feet. Father, we pray that may our hearts today be receptive to your word. May we accept your word with meekness. May we mix your word with faith that it will profit us. And may we walk in it thereby, experiencing the fruits and the blessings that come out of yieldedness to the word. I want to thank you for seeing us through five months. It's a testament to your mercy. It's a testament to your faithfulness, which are new every morning. Great indeed is thy faithfulness. We want to thank you, O Lord. We commit the rest of the people that are coming. We are praying that may we hear your word with clarity, with understanding, because the Holy Spirit, the master teacher and the master instructor is here tonight orchestrating. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Last week, we spoke about the parable of the sower, and it's recorded in three instances in Matthew, Mark, Luke, Matthew chapter 13, to be precise, Mark chapter 4, and Luke chapter 8. We focused more on Luke, uh, Mark chapter 4, and we picked up uh, one or two salient points from uh, Matthew and Luke to, to sort of round up our study on the parable of the sower. And we looked and we came to understand Jesus' interpretation of the parable of the sower, which basically had to do with the word of God being sowed into four different kinds of hearts. And the four different kinds of hearts evoked four different reactions. So the first heart symbolized the heart of unbelievers. And the Bible lets us know, like we learned last week, that Satan comes to take away the word from the first group of hearts, which was known as the wayside. That's the heart of unbelievers. Why? Because they lack understanding. So when we have the opportunity to preach the word of God to people who are without, that is, they are not in the fold, we have to make sure that they understand the word. I I believe in simplicity. Amen. Let's not dress it up and make it too churchy. Let's bring the word down and very practical to them because their whole salvation depends on understanding our concepts that we are sharing with them. And why does the devil come to steal the word? The devil comes to steal the word because if they gain understanding, they will be saved. The threat to the devil's existence is the word of God. The second heart represented carnal Christians. They received the word with joy. They received it with gladness. This, this group, they can be very deceptive in nature because they are the people who have their notebooks. They, they like to write. Even, even They might even have highlighted Bibles. I think now hardware copies of Bibles are fading. With time, I think everybody now uses a digital Bible either at, uh, either on an iPad or a phone, mostly on phone. So you don't see that. But those days when we used to carry hardware copies of Bibles, 
you mistakenly think that people who had highlighted portions of their Bible were like, wow, these are deep Christians, they've read the Bible. It means nothing if you are not practicing the word. It means nothing. You can make all sorts of notes, copious notes in your Bibles, highlight your Bible with red highlighter or pink highlighter, blue highlighter, yellow highlighter. Like every page of your Bible is highlighted, but you're still working on forgiveness. <laughs> What's the point of having a highlighted Bible and you are working on forgiveness? You know, you are not really practicing the word. What is the point of having a highlighted Bible? And you cheat people. So having a highlighted Bible really means nothing. People like that, they have notebooks, they make notes, they receive the word with joy. They might even shout, they might encourage the preacher. But the Bible says that when they experience persecution or tribulation, because of the word, they stumble. And that word number is the same as offense. They take offense. And when that offense becomes unresolved, they backslide. A typical example is the latter part of Mark chapter 4. Specifically, if you read the last six chapters, the last six verses of Mark chapter 4, that's verses 35 to 41. It's a very interesting story. Jesus had just finished narrating this parable. Verses 35, he said, let us go over to the other side. They were going to... Um, Gadara, and it's a very interesting response from the disciples when they were faced with persecution or tribulation, how they responded. It really uh, represents these disciples. Amen. And why? 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 Why do people behave like that or fall off when they they experience persecution or tribulation? It's because they lack depth. They lack depth. You see, your depths in Christ determines your growth. Your depths in Christ. Even the tallest tree is determined by the depth of the roots. The deeper the roots, the taller the tree. Amen. So likewise, in, in, in the realms of the Spirit, if you want to grow, if you want to experience growth, please work on your depths. You, you have to be deeper you have to be seriously founded on the word of God, the rock of God's word. Amen. Uh, even look at what happened. 2020, most Christians fell away and backslid during the pandemic because they are stony Christians. They lack depth. And sometimes every now and then it's good that shakeups come. It's good that tribulations come, persecutions come. It, it helps you to Examine yourself well, whether you are still in the faith. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. The Bible says that we should examine ourselves whether we are still in the faith. And sometimes one of the best ways to examine yourself is, how am I responding to tribulation? How am I responding to persecution? Am I easily offended? Am I offended? Am I backsliding? Is it causing my zeal to wane? Has it affected my Bible reading? Has it affected my giving in church? Has it affected me not joining the assembly of believers? Has it affected how I pray? The frequency of my prayer? All these things you need to ask yourself. Amen. The third heart which we spoke about was the heart which was called among thorns soil. 
And this talks about distracted Christians. So the second half talks about carnal Christians. You've been a Christian, but you have experienced stunted growth. You're a carnal Christian. But this, we are also talking about distracted Christians. Just yesterday, I heard a saying from a very respected Christian statesman. He said, if the devil can't pollute your dream, he will dilute it with distraction. It's very powerful. So we have to watch out for distractions. Most times, when you've grown to a certain level in the faith, you are very aware of sin. You are very aware of things that can easily pollute you on a spiritual and on a soulish level. But most times, we are not mindful of distractions. The devil can't pollute your dream. He will dilute it with distraction. And and such was the case of the rich young ruler. I believe last week we learned his story. He wanted to follow Jesus, but he couldn't because he had too many. He had he had possessions, and the scripture did not say it's wrong to have possessions. It's just that he was distracted, and Jesus says that how hard it is for rich people to enter into the kingdom. It is easier for a camel to enter through the eye of a needle than a man with possessions. See, he was distracted. He claims he loved God, but he had another love. He distracted. And that's the third kind of Christian. And when we are like that, it's like we are, the when we experience the word of God, the word of God will not grow. Because that other love that we have will become a thorn and it will present the fruit-bearing capacity of the seed. It, it won't grow. Amen. So we learned about that last week. And then, most importantly, we looked at the fourth ground, which was called good ground, which represents the heart of a good Christian who accepts the word, believes it, and obeys it. Amen. So I want us to look at an instance in James chapter 1 about a good heart. So open your Bibles with me to James chapter 1. We can learn some few things about a good heart tonight. James chapter 1, verse 21 to 25. Therefore, Lay aside all filthiness and all overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. If you just joined us, we are reading from James chapter 1, verse 21 to 25. James chapter 1, verse 21 to 25. I read again, verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, 
this one will be blessed in what he does. Amen. So there are some things that we can learn from the scripture that I want us to take note of if we want to be good grounds. So James chapter 1, verse 21 to 25 is an instance of a good ground. It's about how to be a good ground. How, how are you able to receive the word and then the word will bring forth fruit? It just doesn't happen. All right. It just mentioned the A and then the Z. You receive the word and the Z is that you will bear forth fruit. But in between the A to Z is the B to the Y. And James chapter 1, verse 21 to 25 is covering the gaps of B to Y. So now, how do we become good ground? The first thing that we have to notice is that sin is a word blocker. Sin can stifle the sin of God's word as a seed in your heart. So first thing is to deal with the sin so that it doesn't affect the seed of God's word. That's why it says that lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Okay, so deal with that. Deal with the sin issue. Deal with the sin issue because no matter how potent the word may be, if sin lingers in our life, it affects the capacity, the potential capacity of what the word can do in your life. Amen. So that should be the first step. The second step that we see here is we should receive the word with meekness. That is very important. Receive the word with humility. Receive the word with humility. You don't receive the word with I know it all. I try and practice something personally. I can have different versions of things I've preached. For example, let's say I've preached on um, Galatians, the book of Galatians. And if I'm reading it, I'll read it again as I have never studied it before. And I will make a new set of notes, new set of notes. And sometimes when I sit down, when I compare the two, I'm like, oh, wow, such a great deal. And anytime I compare the two, the latter is always better than the former. Anytime I've compared either two versions or three versions or four versions of the same scripture I've read, the latter part is always, not sometimes, always better than the former. So I really like to do that. So I like to approach a scripture like, I don't know anything. So like if I'm supposed to preach the book of Philippians again, like we just did, I'm going to throw away the old notes. And I'm going to approach it like I have never studied the book of Philippians again. Because you have to receive the word with humility. It is said that a full, a full cup receives nothing. I, I don't want to come to God like a full cup. I want to come to him empty. Just speak to me. Direct me. What should I do? I'll receive the word with meekness. Most times the word doesn't benefit us because sometimes we receive it with anger. Well, you can receive the word with anger. So the word has four parts. There's a doctrinal part to the word. There's a correction part to the word. There's a rebuking part to the word. And there's an instruction in righteousness part to the word. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, you will see that it says that all scripture is profitable. It's profitable. 
and it is for doctrine. It is for reproof or rebuke. It is for correction. It is for instruction and righteousness. Why? So that the man of God will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Wanting he will be complete and entire, and he will be equipped for every good work. So, Second Timothy three verse sixteen to seventeen. That's there. So there are there are different facets or different parts of the word. There's the doctrine parts. There's the correction part. There's the reproof part or the rebuking part. There's the instruction and righteousness part. So sometimes the word may come in different forms. Maybe it's coming in the correction part, and you may not like it. You can be angry. It may come in instruction and righteousness part, and you might be proud. Okay, oh, I already know this. I already, I've heard this before. You just close your spirit. Oh, I've heard this before. It's Philippians. We did this last year. Oh, I know, I know Philippians. You just close yourself. So the word will not bless you. We have to learn to receive the word with humility. Another sign of humility is that when you are receiving the word, you will make notes. You make notes. Because when you don't make notes, you have the semblance of, I know it all. And truly, nobody knows it all. In this work of faith, and on this road to spiritual maturity and, and perfect growth, we are all learning, and we will continue to learn until the end of this age. Being in this Christian work of faith is a continuous long road of education. You never stop learning. So no matter your heights or no matter your level of growth, we're all of us here, we all have stages of growth. I'm speaking to different people who are at different stages of their growth and at different stages of their work with God there is still more room for improvements. Like I say, when I was in school, one of the remarks I ever hated to see was more room for improvement. I'm like, what is that? Let's say excellent or very good. What is more room for it? Like, I just didn't like that statement. But in the corridors of heaven until Christ comes, that is all we'll keep on hearing. I don't think the Holy Spirit will, will, or God will say, very good, excellent. We can't rest on our laurels. He's just going to write more room for improvement. So we better improve. We better grow. We better look at the next stage, the next growth, the next level of knowledge, the next revelation. We got to keep on going and going and going. And it all comes to how you receive the word. Are you going to receive it with meekness? Or are you going to receive it with pride? Amen. So that's the second thing we learn here. The third thing that we see here is that we should be doers of the word. We should be doers or hear, be doers of the word we've heard. And let me also add this. Be doers of the word you have read. So maybe you may have heard the word. Like in a certain like this today, you are hearing the word. Be a doer of the word. Maybe in your personal or quiet times, tomorrow morning or this night before you sleep, you might read the word. Be a doer of the word you read. That's very important because the Bible says that if we just become hearers only or if we become readers only, we deceive ourselves. And James uses the analogy of 
uh, someone who's just looked at himself in the mirror and he left and he's forgotten what sort of person he is. That is quite strange. We, we shouldn't come to a place where we deceive ourselves. Self-deception is the highest form of deception. So one way for us not to fall into self-deception is to make sure we put legs or hands to what we have received, either by reading or by hearing. Amen. Now, I like one thing it says here. It talks about the principle of continuance. You have to continue. You have to continue. Continue to hear the word. So it's not just a one-touch time. Continue to hear the word at all times. Continue, continue, continue. He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, you have to continue. You have to continue. And it is in your continuance, your persistence, you know, being at it daily, you will not become a forgetful hearer. You will become a forgetful hearer. Anything that you don't commit to memory, anything that you don't continue doing, you will forget. You will forget. It's just like going to school. If you want to do well at school, it's not just the lecture in class. It is what you do in between the last lecture and the next lecture that will determine whether you will be a good student or not. And it's the principle of continuance. You will have to continue, continue at it, at your own spare time. It is said that if you want to do a subject, you need to spend three hours on your own. You continue at your own time. It's the principle of continuation. Likewise, the word, if we want the word to be a blessing to us, we have to apply the principle of continuance. We have to continue, continue in it. You read, you obey. You read, you obey. That's the continuation. You read, you obey. You read, you obey. It takes diligence. It takes diligence. Anything that you obey, you have made the word your own. I normally hear something in chess circles, which normally makes me laugh sometimes. Sometimes I hear preachers say that it's like you went after preaching. So accede to this word and take ownership of the word. It's not really scripture. It's not scripture. The way you take ownership of the word is to do the word. That's how you take ownership. You don't take ownership of the word by seed sowing. Seed sowing, then that's very easy. That's very easy. You don't, you don't take ownership of the word. So when you've heard a word on love, you take ownership of the word on love by reading and doing it. If you think that just by sowing seed, I mean, I have nothing wrong against sowing seed, but you don't sow seed to take ownership of the word. I, I hear that a lot. Maybe it's because of the circles. You, you, don't, you can't do that. You can't take ownership of it. You take ownership of the word by stewardship. And that is by doing the word. You have to continue in the word. And when you continue in the word, you will not become a forgetful hearer, but you will be a doer of the work. And then the last thing that we have to realize is that the blessing of a doer is the fruits of a transformed life. You see, if you read the scripture in context, James is talking about practical Christianity. It's talking about faith and action. And if we want to see 
the fruits of a transformed life, it comes from reading, applying the word of God, and watching it grow. Amen. So when we read the parable of the sower last week, like I said, it, it spoke to us about the good ground receives the word, accepts the word, and therefore fruits. It's just giving the A to the Z. Now I read James chapter 1, verse 21 to 25. It fills in the gaps of B to Y. So there, there are many processes that will take place from receiving the word, obeying the word, and then bearing forth fruits. Amen. All these processes have to take place. So let's take note of that. This is very important in light of our Sith parable for today. So go with me to Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 29. Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 29. I don't want to implicate myself, but I want to say it will be a short one. Anytime I say it will be a short one, I realize it never becomes a short one. So but I hope this will be a short one. Amen. Mark 4, verse 26 to 29. Mark 4, verse 26 to 29. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. <clears throat> Excuse me. Please, mind you, mind you, this scripture is still in the context of Mark chapter 4. So if you want to really understand this scripture, it's not a separated incident. You have to really read the first 25 verses to understand what Mark chapter 4 verses 26 to 29 is talking about. Amen. So when we read this story carefully, in, in previous verses, Jesus had already given the meaning of the symbols. So for example, he spoke to us that the seed represents the word of God. Right? So Mark chapter 4, verses 1 to 20, Jesus talks about the parable and in it, he begins to give meaning to the symbols. So I think from verses 13 to 20 is given meaning to the symbols. So the seed represents the word of God. We know that from earlier versions, and we did that last week. The ground or the earth represents the heart. So this parable, this short parable, is showing us the dealings or the workings of the word in a good ground. And we all know that the word doesn't just bring forth fruit in any ground. Mind you, Jesus mentioned four grounds. Only one ground was good ground for the seed to evolve into fruits. So now, if we read this story and it's talking to us about the seed was able to give forth fruit, we can therefore infer that the, the ground that 
the Lord is talking about here is the good ground. It's not the wayside. It's not the stony ground. It's not the among thorns, but good ground. Because when the seed is sown on good ground, it is able to yield forth crops by itself. Do we all understand? So this parable here is showing us the dealings or the workings of the word in a good ground, which we have deliberated in times past, meaning a good heart of a good Christian. Amen. So right here from this story, we see that the word is able to bear forth fruits on two factors. One, the seed of God's word. That's very important. That's the first factor. And number two, the quality and the receptivity of our hearts also matter. The quality and the receptivity of our hearts matter. That's why in James chapter one, it talks to us about the receptivity of our hearts. Receive the word with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. Your soul is talking about your mind, your will, your emotions. So the quality and the receptivity of our hearts is also another factor, another factor. So it's not necessarily about coming to church. It's also about the quality and the receptivity of us. If this Bible study is going to be a blessing to you today, as for the word, that is banker. That is banker. The word is powerful. Um, um, God spoke to Jeremiah, I will send forth my word to perform it. So I'll go forth and accomplish whatever I said and shall never come back to me. Word is powerful. But now the second thing is the quality the receptivity of our hearts. Because this seed, it, it didn't just grow on any soil, this same seed. There were three other seeds that this seed didn't grow. Wayside, stony ground, among thorns. So the seed is fertile. The seed makes its home on a good ground. So the quality and the reception of our hearts, very important. Amen. Now, this is talking to us about being initiated into the kingdom of God or being a kingdom citizen. That's why Jesus called this parable the central key of all parables. Because for us to understand the kingdom of God, which is a way of life, I've kept, I've kept on defining it, which is known as culture, for us to understand, it first starts with how we will receive the word of God. Because it's through the word of God that we can have a transformed mind and we can begin to act like Christ, behave like Christ. Amen. So it starts with receptivity to the word of God. And it was also said that this parable was a rebuke. Why was it a rebuke? Because of the location of where Jesus was. He wasn't speaking in the Galilee region. And in the Galilee region, you and I know that Jesus had a lot of pushback to his message. So this message, in a sense, was a rebuke to his, descent, to his audience that 
no matter your rejection, the word will bear forth fruit where it's supposed to. You might not refuse to accept the word. You might be a stony heart among thorns, a wayside. That's fine. But no matter where, wherever the seed will fall on a good ground, it will still bear forth fruit. So you not receiving it doesn't invalidate the word of God. Amen. So the word has fruit-bearing capacity only when in the right atmosphere and in the right soil. Amen. So our scripture today, we are looking at the progressive growth of a seed into a fruit. So when we receive the word of God in our hearts, it takes time. It's not magic. It takes time. If you want to be a strong Christian, it takes time. If you want to be a Christian that can easily forgive people, it takes time. It's progressive. That's what you have to know. But it will grow. But it's progressive. Thank God for miracles. But when it comes to growth, when it comes to transformation, it is step by step. That's why it is likened to the growth of a corn. It talks about the blade, the head, then the full grain. Amen. So let me just put this graphic so that we can understand this carefully. The graphic of a corn. Because Jesus was talking about a corn. Amen. So when it talks about the blade, what is the blade? The blade is what is called the stalk, right? So that's the blade. So before the seed develops into a corn, the first thing that you will see is the stalk, right? This thing. It is not the fruits, but it is growth. So please don't despise the stalk. You might not have fruits, but you might be making improvements. The stalk. So that's the stalk right there. Thank you. That's the stalk right there. Right? That's the stalk. All this is the stalk. So it first starts with that. It has no fruits. Then it says it goes to the head. What's the head? The head is also known as the ear. So it comes with this. Some also call it the husk. Okay, so it starts with this. The sound that it starts with this doesn't mean that that is the fruit. That is also another form of growth. And then it becomes the full grain in the head. That becomes the corn. That becomes the real corn. So first, it starts at the seed. This seed is planted to the ground. It dies. dissolves with the soil. Becomes seed. And then first, this stalk comes, right? And then the ear, the husk, it starts to form. It starts to form. And then once it develops with time, then the corn itself will come. So we all see the progressive growth of corn here. So when we decide to live by the word, the fruits of our conviction, which leads to action, 
starts in small incremental steps. Please never forget that. So this parable should just encourage us, especially if you are reading the word and if you are applying the word and you are obeying the word. Be very encouraged. The growth might seem small, but it's still growth. It's something to celebrate about. Maybe for some of you, you might be in the stock area. You see, you don't even have husk or ears. Rejoice. It's growth. For some of you, you may be in the ear area. It's not yet corn, but still rejoice. For some of you too, you may have grown fully to the corn, where there is now corn. Rejoice. And don't just rejoice that you have one corn. You have capacity to give birth to more corns. That's why I'm saying that this Christian race is a work of continuity. You don't just stop because you are at level A. You don't just stop because you are level B. Keep on keeping on until the day God calls us. Amen. So this lets us know that we shouldn't despise where we are. Keep at it and become consistent. What will make this year become corn is consistency. What will make this country give birth to more corns is consistency. So keep at it. Keep at it. So today, as you picture your spiritual life, where you want to be like Christ, where you want the fruits of the Spirit to be seen in you, where you want the fruits of transformation to be seen in you, picture your life like this. It is in small incremental steps. It is not to be despised, but it's to be celebrated and it's to be noted. It will grow if only you will keep at it. Amen. So look at me with Luke chapter 8, verse 15. Thank you. Luke chapter 8, verse 15. Now we are going to look at last week's parable, the parable of the sower. This is one of the places where it's recorded. So let's look at Luke's version. I just want us to take note of something that Luke made mention. So Luke chapter 8, verse 50. So this is talking about the reaction of the good ground towards the seed, which we have established is the word of God. But the seed in the good soil are those with a praiseworthy and good heart who have heard the word, hold it fast, and bear fruit with Patient endurance. Patient endurance. So my key word there is patient endurance. So you need patient endurance. That's why when we read James chapter 1, verse 21 to 25, I said one of the principles we have to apply when it comes to us giving birth to fruit is the principle of continuity. Continue at it. Stick at it. Stick at it. That means you have to do it over. It's repetitive. With time, read the word of God. 
obey, and then you are growing one step. Read the word of God, obey, and you are growing the next step. So maybe that seed of God's word, when you read and you obey, you read and you obey, you read, obey, read, obey, read, obey, read, obey. That seed is dying. It is becoming a cornstalk. Then it's growing. Read, obey, read, obey. Then now it doesn't just become a stalk. Now you will see ears or corn husk. Read, obey, read, obey, read, obey. With time, then that husk now becomes the full corn in the head or the full grain in the head. Read, obey, read, obey. And now your tree that just had one corn or one grain will now have two grains. Read, obey, read, obey. And by the time you realize it has become a farm of corns, then the harvest is continuity. It's continuity. So we have to come to a place of continuity. The Bible says that he bear forth fruit with patient endurance. Patient endurance. Is when you read Matthew and Mark's version, they don't say that. That's why I always say that whenever you find the parable, always read all the accounts. It helps you to get the fuller picture. Patient endurance. Patient endurance. It takes time. It takes time. So please, don't despise your level of growth at which you are in your walk with God. It should be celebrated. Keep at it. Stick at it. Be convicted. Read, obey. That's the principle. You read the word, you obey the word. Be a doer of the word. You read the word, you obey the word. You read the word, you obey the word. And by the time you look back, you've realized that, wow, the distance I have covered just by reading and obeying, it will amaze you. And then you realize that, wow, I have deeper roots and I have grown in the things of God. And now the fruits of a transformed life will now begin to be seen in your life. It's easier to forgive more. Now this sin that will easily tempt you and that will overpower you, now you have mastery over it. And now when you begin to have the fruits of transformation show in your life, it also comes with a lot of blessings. A lot of blessings. Amen. So let's be encouraged. Amen. So this parable has come to encourage us that results will show forth. I don't know what results you are expecting that you are not seeing. Take your time. The image of the corn, paint it in your mind. See yourself as the corn. You are growing. Read, obey. What's the cycle? Read, obey. Read or hear the word, be a doer of it. Read, obey, read, obey. That's it. And then the fruits of God's word will be seen. Please, we should not be hearers of the word only because the Bible says when we do that, we enter into the highest form of deception, which is self-deception. Amen. So we are done for tonight. So I, I guess I didn't implicate myself. Amen. <laughs> we are done. Yeah, I said it was going to be a short one. So please, if you have any questions or contribution, they are welcome.
I think the case is made pretty clear. Amen. So that's it for tonight. God bless you. Questions or contributions are welcome. Amen. Okay, I, I'll make a contribution to something that you said. Um, I put it in the chat box because I liked the how the message translation said the same verse that you quoted. Um, it uses the word uh, stick to it. Um, and, you know, like the way I, maybe it might be funny, but the way I thought about it was kind of like tape. You know, like when you want to tape something together you it has to be sticky you know or when a fly gets caught in one of those traps those goose traps it has to be that strong to stick to it um and it, it's been very uplifting i've, I've enjoyed uh, today's uh, bible study because um you know sometimes you can get discouraged because you don't see the fruit that you want to see when you want to see it. You're expecting to jump from seed to fruit all of a sudden. And uh, it doesn't happen that way. And this is so true. Um, and sometimes, like you said, when we stick it out, it could be months, it could be years. But when we look back, we will see how far we have come. So I really enjoyed it. God bless you. That's my contribution. Mm -hmm. Right. Who else? Questions, contributions, follow-ups, you're all welcome. Um, I was also really blessed. I like the part about you where you said that don't despise where you are and that you should celebrate you know, wherever you are. You really spoke to me. I really liked that part. I mean, sometimes, like Pastor Jay said, it's, it's frustrating, right, when you feel that the seed has already been sown and then, you know, you just expect to see the fruits. But I like the illustration that she gave, the picture and everything. That, yeah, it's, you know, you start from the stalk and then the head and then, you know, like the, the, it's a process to get to, to finally see the fruit. So, yeah, that was that really blessed me. Thank you. Amen. How long does it take for um, the head to form? Can someone Google it out? But the human head or oh the, the, head the, of green, a the, the head of a cone. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sure it will take some period.
Let me also check. I don't know whether you guys are checking. Let me also check. Dependent on the variety and warm weather. Oh, okay. So it did not really give duration. Between 60 to 100 days. Wow. 60 to 100 days. 60 to 100 days. So let's say minimum two months. So when the stock appears, let's say average takes two months before you will see the head or the ear. Wow. Interesting. That should encourage us. So, yes, Lily. Also said, what I also read, also said, it depends, like Dr. Jess said, it depends on the, so this one, it says it depends on the temperature, right? So depending on which temperature you sow it in, the soil temperature, it could take different days. So I think that's also very interesting. Wow. That's the, the temperature, the soil. So it's, I guess we could apply that to ourselves also, right? How yeah. the seed was sown will determine, you know, how long it takes for you to see the fruit. And like you said, that you read, obey, like it's a, it's a cycle. You need to go back. So if you're just reading, 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 and then you're not obeying, then of course it's going to take long. Or if you are reading like once in a while, whereas somebody is reading every day continually, like it's there definitely will be a difference, right? Between when you will see the, the fruits, depending on how often you read and how often you will be. So yeah, that was, I think that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, amen. Amen. yeah, definitely. Wow. I like that. Amen. Powerful. Powerful. Please let's be encouraged. Be encouraged. Whichever stage you are in in your Christian faith, be encouraged. The seed has been planted. It will grow. As far as the soil is not a bad soil, it will grow. It will grow. I normally hear people, people have complained to me, Pastor, the word doesn't work. The word that, I've heard many times, Pastor, the word doesn't work. The word works. The word works. For sure. It works. It doesn't go back void. The word works. It might be maybe the quality of the seed. The, sorry, the quality of the soil, the quality of your heart, the receptivity. It might just depend on that. Amen. So whatever we are expecting, is going to grow. Just, just read, obey. Read, obey. The word works when we work. The word works. Amen. All right. So, has what, what has someone else learned tonight? I think I'd like to hear somebody talk. What have you learned tonight? Are you blessed? What's ministered to you? Let's take one contribution and let's close tonight. Oh, you can't talk. Have, yeah. I have learned or I have learned, <laughs> I have learned um, 
to understand that it takes time. It takes time to 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 have the word of God in me and that I'm supposed to keep practicing, not to just stop by only reading or hearing, but to keep doing it for the fruit to grow. Amen. 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 So keep obeying. That's what is more important. Keep obeying. Keep obeying. It's important. As for the reading the word, it can be fun. Keep obeying. That's where the rubber meets the road. I remember one time I was learning on long suffering. I made notes. I think about two pages. Then I sat in my car, drove out, came back home, was very happy, listening to music. I like listening to music in the car. I was reversing, and then I had crum, 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 crum. Oh, when I went and see, it was my muffler valve. Do you know the, the cost of a muffler valve of your car? Man, I didn't know what to do. I just, I was just biting like, ah. I, I, I came when I went and bite the pillow. That's all. Because what I really wanted to say, I couldn't say. What I really wanted to say, I couldn't. I just had to bite the pillow. Man, long suffering. Long suffering. I learned that day. And you know the funny thing? When yeah, I called for the mechanics and everything to come, because they had to take the car. They told the car and took it to you know the, the, the dealership or whatever to, to get it fixed and something. My neighbor was like, oh, Steve, you are very patient. An old lady, someone I, I see like my mother. Steve, you are very patient. You are, you are pa- wow, you are patient. And she was telling me, I would have cursed a storm. And I was telling her that, look, I can do all those things. That It wasn't really me. It wasn't. Re- I told her, it wasn't really me. I don't think it was me. It was something that was working on the inside. And it was the word. Amen. Sometimes I want to say practicing the word. Sometimes it's it's something. It's something. You know, I made notes, two pages, long suffering. But that day I had to face that. In the afternoon, 12.47, I had to face that. My muffler valve just came off like that. And I paid so much money, I remember. So long suffering. So practice. Don't fly off the handle and things like that. You read the word, it says forgive. Forgive. Let's forgive. Amen. Father, we've had your word tonight. May we be doers of the word, not hearers only, that we will deceive ourselves. May the fruits of transformation, the fruits of a regenerated Christian be seen in our lives because we walk by the word. And let every blessing associated with transformation be accessible in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. You are entering into your greatest season of blessing. So rejoice. Amen. Arm yourself with that truth. Good night. Amen. Good night.